And welcome to episode 102 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again on today's episode. The Astros apologized, and it was straight trash throws. We're going to break that all down. And then Miles Garrett, he's doubling down on Mason Rudolph calling him the N-word during that scuffle where he used his helmet. He was suspended for six games. He's been reinstated by the NFL. We're going to break that all down. Topics on topics, takes on takes here on episode 102 of the Get More Sports Podcast. And keep heading over to YouTube. You guys keep bringing in the comments. Fernando Rodriguez says, Houston, y'all have a problem. Forfeit the championship trophy, refund the bonuses, MVP, winners don't cheat, and cheaters don't win. That's from Fernando Rodriguez. Richard Candiotti says, championship trophy of the Houston Astros should be taken away. Also, the championship rings, draft picks for the next two years, and the whole team should be fined $5 million each. So, Keep heading over to YouTube. Give me all your takes on all of today's topics right over there. We've got a jam-packed show for you guys today. Topics on topics, takes on takes. So we got lots to get into, so let's get right into it. Showtime! Are you ready? What it do, baby? Baby, baby. Let's get it on! On Thursday, the Houston Astros held a press conference to publicly apologize for the sign-stealing scandal that's rocked Major League Baseball. The sign-stealing scandal, the cheating that ended up in a $5 million fine, the loss of draft picks, but the Houston Astros did not have to vacate their 2017 World Series that they cheated to win. Yes, there's an asterisk in all our minds, but still the record book says they're the 2017 World Series champions, and the press conference went about as well as you would expect. The Houston Astros were once again the Houston Trastros. You know what? Calling them the Trastros at this point is an insult to trash everywhere. It was a ridiculous charade led by Astros owner Jim Crank. Oh, I mean Jim. Jim Crane. Check him out. Embarrass himself again and again on live television. Our opinion is, uh, you know, that this didn't impact the game. Um, We had a good team. Um, We won the World Series, and we'll leave it at that. Jim, when talking about the Yankees there, did you say you feel like this didn't impact the game? And what do you mean by that? I I didn't say it didn't impact the game. You know, our opinion is, uh, you know, that this didn't impact the game. I I didn't say it didn't impact the game. 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 Wait a second. He didn't really just say that, did he? He did not just suggest that sign stealing did not impact the game. He didn't say that, did he? Because last time I checked, he started that off by saying, Our opinion is, uh, you know, that this didn't impact the game. Okay, so let me get this straight, Mr. Crank. You're trying to tell me that when a batter's in the batter's box and they're looking up at Clayton Kershaw and they know it's his curveball coming or his slider coming or his fastball coming, when they know the pitch that they're going to get, that doesn't impact the game? What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Bro, I'm out, man. Of course it impacts the game. If it didn't impact the game, the Astros wouldn't be doing it. The Astros wouldn't be in the dugout banging trash cans like idiots if it didn't give them a competitive advantage. You wouldn't have cameras in the outfield looking at the catcher's crotch, picking up the signs if it didn't give you an advantage. It turned a Major League Baseball game into a Major League Baseball 
batting practice because Astros hitters were teeing off on pitchers all season long, all the way in to the World Series. You don't just cheat to cheat. You cheat when you have a motive. You cheat when you want a competitive advantage. Do you think Barry Bonds wanted to roid up just so he could have the all-time home run record? Do you think he wanted to put on that clear and juice up to the point where his head was so big it looked like it was afloat in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? Hell no. They cheat to win. You cheat to get an advantage. The Astros cheated and won the 2017 World Series. And now the only thing that was not impacted was your bank account because $5 million was nothing. That was the fine that Rob Manfred gave the Houston Astros. That's the only thing that wasn't impacted. Oh, and hey, do you think that Jim Crank is going to apologize to the Yankees or the Dodgers? Okay, from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. So Jim Crane, if you have a publicist, if you have a PR team, you better put them in the same trash can that the Astros banged in 2017 because that was terrible. I give your apology a big fat F. It was far from contrite. It was arrogant. It was off-putting. Well, how did the players do? How did Bregman and Altuve apologize? Let's check out their apologies for their role in cheating the game of baseball in 2017. I am really sorry about the choices that were made by my team, by the organization, and by me. We had a great uh, team meeting last night, and I want to say that the whole Astros organization and the team uh, feel bad about what happened in, in 2017. Okay, so their apologies were shorter than Carlos Beltran's Mets managerial career, and they were not contrite <laughs> either. They were disingenuous. I didn't believe them. And Alex Bregman apparently thinks that if he puts his hands like this, like he's praying that we're going to please forgive him, like we're going to forgive him, we will not. And either will the reigning MVP, Cody Bellinger. Listen to what Cody Bellinger had to say about the Astros cheating scandal. Apologies were whatever. Uh, I thought Jim Cranes was weak. Um, I thought Manfred's punishment was weak, giving him immunity. Um, I mean, these guys were cheating for three years. Um, you know, I think what people don't realize is Altuve stole an MVP from Judge in 17. Um, everyone knows they stole the ring from us. I know personally I lost respect for those guys. Um, I think I would say everyone in the show in the big leagues lost respect for those guys. I don't know what human hits a walk-off home run against Raldis Chapman to send your team to the World Series. And one has the thought to say, don't rip my jersey off, but two, go in the tunnel, change your shirt, and then come out and do your interview. Like that, that makes no sense to me. It makes zero sense to me, because I know me. Gary Sanders said yesterday, you can rip my shirt off my pants off. I set my team the World Series off for all this Chapman in the ninth inning at home. You can do, you know, I'm going crazy. Cody Bellinger, the reigning MVP, dropping belly bombs all over the Houston Astros organization. You love to see it, and he really speaks for most fans in Major League Baseball, most players in Major League Baseball. We all feel that way, and we all want the Astros' 2017 title to be vacated. I don't see how they can keep that title, especially now that they've admitted to systemic organizational cheating. Rob Manfred had an opportunity to change baseball forever in a positive way. He could have said, hey, there's no more 
more cheating in baseball. We are not going to be the cheater sport that has the Black Sox scandal, that has the Royd era, that now has the sign-stealing era. He had a chance to put his foot down, but he didn't. He was soft as Charmin. He's a sycophant to all the owners in Major League Baseball, and the Astros got away with it. And now Major League Baseball will always be known as the sport where cheaters always prosper. Miles Garrett is back in the NFL. The star defensive end has been reinstated after serving a six-game suspension. You remember this. He tried to end Mason Rudolph with his own helmet. There's a flag as... Whoa! Hello. Whoa! Mason Rudolph got into it. to get out of there. What in the world? Believe Miles Garrett? They'll be swinging a helmet? Yeah, there'll be some ejections coming out of this. There may be suspensions. That's right, suspensions. So Miles Garrett is back after serving a six-game suspension, and Browns Executive Vice President and General Manager Andrew Barry had this to say. We welcome Miles back to our organization with open arms. We know he is grateful to be reinstated, eager to put the past behind him, and continue to evolve and grow as a leader. We look forward to having his strong, positive presence back as a teammate, player, and a person in our community. Well, of course they're going to welcome back Miles Garrett with open arms. He's one of the best players in the NFL, and he's the best player on the Cleveland Browns. Now the question is, did Mason Rudolph really use a racial slur towards Miles Garrett? Well, Miles Garrett, he served that suspension, and he's doubling down on the idea that Mason Rudolph dropped an end bomb towards Miles Garrett. Here's Miles Garrett after getting reinstated, reiterating the claim that Mason Rudolph used a racial slur that sparked the incident. What did he say to you? Uh, I mean, he called me the N word. He called me a stupid N word. Uh, I don't like. I don't say the N word. Whether it's you know, with A E R, to me personally, just shouldn't be said. And whether it's known by family, friends, anyone. And I, I don't want to use it because I don't want to, you know, find that appropriate around me for anyone to use. Now, the first thing I want to say is for all you out there saying that Miles Garrett should have gotten a full year suspension, you guys are crazy. The Raiders DB Nevin Lawson, he got a one-game suspension for using his helmet as a weapon. Richie Incognito, same thing, a one-game suspension for using his helmet as a weapon. Albert Hainsworth practically stomped someone to death and got a five-game suspension, okay? A six-game suspension for what Miles Garrett did was perfectly adequate he deserves to be back in the league. Look, six games is a lot of games. That's 37% of the season. That'd be the equivalent of a baseball player being suspended for 60 games, okay? We don't punish people in this country for what could have happened. We punish them for what happened. What happened was he got hit in the head with a helmet, and he didn't even have to get stitches. He didn't even draw blood, okay? Yes, what he did was wrong, but hey, I don't completely clear Mason Rudolph's name. I still think there's a little smoke here. Look, 
look, NFL, you have the NFL films. I know you have audio everywhere. I think there's something suspicious here. All I want to know is I want to know the truth because someone's lying. Either Miles Garrett is lying or Mason Rudolph is lying. Do I know the truth? Absolutely not. But hey, based on that Astros apology, hey, Miles Garrett seems serious there. He seemed pretty contrite. He seemed pretty forthcoming in what he was saying with Mason Rudolph. And then also, he had already served the suspension. So one, he's not going to clear his name for being a dirty player just by saying that Mason Rudolph called him the N-word or used a racial slur against him. He's going to have to do it on the field. And to me, I don't know what his other motive here would be if you're Miles Garrett. Your organization has already welcomed you back with open arms. You know you're an elite player in this league, and I just don't know. Was Mason Rudolph using a racial slur? Maybe we'll never know, but I just want to know the truth. Who's lying? Is it Mason Rudolph? Is it Miles Garrett? Because if it's true what Miles Garrett said, he shouldn't have used Mason Rudolph's helmet as a weapon. He should have used Mason Rudolph's head as a weapon and ripped it off because there is no place for that type of behavior by Mason Rudolph. That is inexcusable. If true, they need to get to the bottom of this because if I'm Mason Rudolph, I'm taking legal action. You don't want any anyone out there thinking that you're using racial slurs, thinking that you might be a guy that would use the N-word against an opposing player. Look, the NFL is almost three-fourths African-American. I'd be incensed if I was Mason Rudolph that some guy is claiming that I'm a racist. I think Mason Rudolph should take action if he didn't say it. Maybe Mason Rudolph is worried that if he does take action, they'll prove that he did say it. Like I said, I have no clue who's right and who's wrong. I just want to get to the bottom of this because this was an ugly incident for the NFL and if there's any truth to this it could get even uglier The eight finalists for the 2020 Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame have been announced, and it's a class headlined by the late legend Kobe Bryant. Kobe was always going to be a unanimous selection. Kobe was always going to be a lock for the Hall of Fame. Now it's a question, who goes in with Kobe Bryant? The other finalists include... Tamika Catchings, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Kim Mulkey, Eddie Sutton, Barbara Stevens, and Rudy Tomjanovich. Now, KG and Tim Duncan, those are two locks to join Kobe in the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame, but I want to talk about Kobe because without Kobe, there is no Get More Sports podcast hosted by Doug McCain. Kobe was one of my biggest inspirations, my biggest sports inspiration by far growing up. He's the reason why I became an obsessed sports fan, and Kobe Bryant deserves all the accolades, all the tributes he's going to get. Look, I'm here for any and every honor towards Kobe Bryant. However you want to honor Kobe Bryant, I'm I'm all for it. I think they should change the name of the court at Staples Center to the Kobe Bryant Court at Staples Center. I think they should change the airport. Instead of LAX, it should be KBX, Kobe Bryant International Airport. I hope the NBA introduces a new Mamba Mentality Award. It goes to the player that shows the most Mamba Mentality or maybe the scoring champion. I don't care what it is. I'm here for any and every tribute to Kobe Bryant. Hell, change the city of Los Angeles to Kobe Kobe, California. That is how much respect and love that Kobe gets here in Los Angeles. And as far as the Hall of Fame is concerned, the only thing 
I really care about is that one guy speaks for Kobe Bryant. I only want one guy speaking for Kobe Bryant. It's not Shaquille O'Neal, and it's not Phil Jackson. It is Michael Jordan. Kobe made it no secret how much he looked up to MJ. Here's Kobe talking about his relationship with Michael Jordan. This is a fun game for me. Everybody's talking about Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan. Oh, well, this is the matchup that everybody's been waiting to see. I learned a lot this game. A lot about how technically sound Michael was. Because it's one thing in watching him play, and then it's another thing in playing against him. He's now in a postgraduate course. Yeah, boy. Accelerated learning. His technique was flawless. I wanted to make sure my technique was just as flawless. Been down a half court and he wanted to know how, when I turn around on my jump shot, how to feel the defense. I told him you should feel the defense with your legs. Once you feel the defense with your legs, you can take advantage of that. That was very inspiring for me. So I really hope that Michael Jordan gives Kobe Bryant his Hall of Fame speech. I know if that Kobe were here, there's not one guy in the world that Kobe would want to see give his Hall of Fame speech other than Michael Jordan. I think it would be spectacular. I think Michael Jordan would do a wonderful job. And without Michael Jordan, there would be no Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant looked up to Michael Jordan. Kobe Bryant learned from Michael Jordan. And then most importantly, Kobe Bryant is the only guy that dared to be like Mike. The time at the forum or wherever that was, Phil had Michael come to the game and said at the table, you remember that? I read somewhere where it said that you didn't challenge him or he didn't challenge you. It didn't happen. It did happen because I was sitting right there at the table, right at the table. So Phil asked Michael if he wasn't doing anything, just come by practice, maybe want to play. Maybe we can find out what you got. And then you said back, no, maybe I'll find out what you got. And then he said back, well, you can't guard me. And then you said, you can't guard me. Right. You, how old were you? 21. <laughs> 21 years old. It was a silent moment. And then when we walked out, when we walked down the hall, Mike goes, I love that dude, man. He's a warrior. Because you did not step back. It's like, well, maybe we'll see. Let's play. Right. When we can play tomorrow, right. <laughs> I got shoes. Let's battle all day long. Oh, I know you ain't talking. No, you ain't talking. Hey, you only got three now. I got six. I will get that foul. You only got three now. I grew up watching him, and I grew up having that same type of edge and competitiveness. I know where you're going. You got to get up quick. If you knew where I was going, why you go for the fake? Mike, after you fake the ball, where else you going to go? You left your feet. Yeah, but where else you going to go? In the game, I go for you. I spun all the way around. I go for these ribs right here. Mike and I both know there's certain players that we can intimidate. Certain players are afraid. That's all right. I, I shoot them better when the clock going down. But every now and then, you run into a player that has the same DNA that you do, has the same competitive spirit that you do, and you quickly realize that the bullying and the trash talking is not going to work with this person. So let's hope this happens. Let's hope that his airness welcomes in the Black Mamba to the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. Of course the speech will be greatness. You know it will. I have no idea what it'll be about, but I just hope it ends with Mamba forever. But before we wrap, I want to give you my picks for this weekend in Chicago. The NBA All-Star Weekend, it's going down. I'm going to give you my picks 
for the Team USA versus the world in the Rising Stars game. I'm going with Team USA, and I'm picking Zion Williamson to win MVP. He's going to get a lot of dunks, a lot of easy buckets. He's going to show out in that game. I got Zion. And then for the skills challenge, I'm going with Spencer Dinwiddie. I'm going with Spencer Dinwiddie. The three-point shootout, I'm going with Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald in the three-point shootout. And for the dunk contest, I'm going with Derek Jones Jr. I thought about picking Aaron Gordon. It's a couple years removed from that classic dunk contest with Zach Levine. But Derek Jones Jr., he's got boosties. He's got bunnies. The kid can fly, and I think he's going to get it done. And as for the game, everyone's dogging Team Giannis. I'm going with Team Giannis. You got Giannis, Embiid, Siakam, Kemba Walker, Trey Young, Chris Middleton, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Brandon Ingram, Donovan Mitchell. I think they're going to shock people. I know Team LeBron is stacked, but I'm going with Team Giannis. But that's going to do it for episode 102 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Have a great weekend. Watch all the sports. See you guys Monday, and I'm out.